0: Welcome to episode number 39 for the National Land Realty Podcast, where we discuss all things land. Our goal here is to inform, educate, and entertain those of you who own land or are interested in the buying and selling of land throughout the United States. My name is Mac Christian, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer here at National Land Realty. I'll be your host for this episode. Introducing today's topic, land holds value as a location for a home, a business, a place to get outdoors, to hunt and fish, or a place to grow food. The ways the land can generate income are really endless. Some of the uses for land that can generate income are little known such as solar leasing, wind farms, precious minerals, and commercial development. This is where Craig Kaiser comes in with his company Landgate. Today, Craig and I discuss how Landgate uncovers the hidden value of your land and sets you up with a network of eager potential investors and land professionals. In a world of hard-to-find information for land use, LandGate is an unparalleled equalizer. Now, sit back and enjoy. I am sitting here with Craig Kaiser, and Craig, you are you are the guy at LandGate. Um, you were kind of the, the originator and and the default brain trust behind it, right? So, um, I would like to get from your point of view. How did you start Landgate? How did you get into this? And, and tell all the listeners sort of what, what Landgate does
1: and how it's utilized. Yeah, well, thanks, Mac. Uh, well, I will absolutely say I'm definitely not the brain trust. Um, I'm one of the co-founders of the company, me and my partner. We started the company. Uh, we're, I mean, we're coming up on eight years now. Um, seems like ages ago. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, uh, I was one of the original founders of this company. And Uh, My background is a little bit interesting, probably a lot different than most of the folks listening right now. I don't come from the real estate side of the world. I do come from a very small rural uh, Eastern Colorado community. Most of the economy is based around agriculture. Um, So landowners that are listening might share a little bit of that background with me, right? I'm a a rural person. Uh, That's that's my background, but uh, my educational background is mostly natural resources and science. So I have a master's degree from the Colorado School of Mines, uh, mostly focused my career on the energy side of the world, whether that be oil and gas development or uh, precious mineral development. Uh, I've, I've done both work domestically and internationally, um, on multiple different levels from an executive level down to the technical level. So, um pretty strong background in natural resources and energy and you know that's what um, landgate really brings to i think your listener base mac is enormous amounts of data and analytics that typically were reserved for highly technical uh sides of the equation so you know the scientists engineers uh, natural resource companies that are out there they're usually very well funded and um, typically don't like to give that data out to folks who own the commodities, the landowners, the real estate land professionals. And, you know, what we did at Landgate was essentially democratize that data, put it into a platform where landowners or people representing landowners can go and see um, enormous data sets about property, real estate, and get intelligence and different views of what is on each Individual parcel outside of the view of you know what you get when you drive by it and see if there's you know there's a little meadow there or an alfalfa pivot or whatever it is, everybody knows that. If you can see it, you can take a picture of it, fly a drone over. it. Everybody knows that. What Landgate really does, it's unique, is expose what everybody else does not know, and most of the time it's the landowner, what they do not know about their property. you know is that a good site for potentially earning revenue from solar energy or battery storage or wind or oil and gas and mineral rights, or, you know, what is there? Is there, and this is, this is an example from a national land realty agent who was representing a landowner. Um, are you getting ready to sell a piece of property that has a gold mine from 1865 sitting right next to it? And this property is completely untouched, right? It's getting Intel on all of those different other data sets and, and possible attributes on the property. And that's what Landgate does in a nutshell, provides a platform to both landowners and land professionals to get those insights.
0: Yeah, so, and and just kind of wrapping it up into my head too, right? And, And for anybody listening, you know, anybody holding land for, you know, since forever, knowing what's under the ground is very, very difficult. And there's sort of been this veil of information that has been out there for a very long time of there's resource companies, the companies who want to collect resources to to sell it. And then the landowner gets a percentage of that income is is kind of how it works if, if they own it. And then they lease out the possible of harvest because I mean, yeah, you could go out and dig a giant hole and try to mine your own gold. But I mean, the possibility of being able to do that successfully and alive at the end of it, right? Is that, like, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the possibility of doing that is very slim to none. And so what I would say almost every person who owns land that does something like this, it has to bring in a company. And then you have this veil where you just have to trust what that company tells you. And they could underrepresent or oversell the possibility of that mineral or, or that, that um, what do we want to call it? Not, not necessarily always minerals, but that possibility of income, whether energy generation or harvesting mineral or something along those lines, and, like you said, Landgate has democratized. that' to where you can go in and find your own information to either support or or deny whatever you're hearing from from anybody who comes in and tells you things about your land, right?
1: yeah, and you I think you, you you really touched on something critical there. You know, when most folks hear initially about what we do, immediately their mind goes to the subsurface. You know what you know what if any oil and gas minerals exist? What type? Is, is there a coal seam underneath the property? Is there uranium? Is there molybdenum, gold, whatever it is. And they immediately think of those things because yeah, it's true. They're extraordinarily difficult to understand if you have value for those things, because in the sake of oil and gas, the, the minerals, 8,000 feet in the ground. And you, you, unless, like you said, unless you're digging that hole down there, you're going to need someone with an extreme amount of technical ability to tell you what the potential value is and then most of those folks aren't on that side of the, the equation they're not representing the landowner they don't it's not good for people trying to get that commodity to give that information to the landowner or the real realtor what's happened over the last four or five years that is that it's not just the subsurface if anything that's kind of gone to the wayside when we're talking about energy production in the united states a lot of landowners always ask I me mean, a lot of land brokers ask me across the U S is, well, I've heard about solar energy. I've heard about battery storage, heard, heard about EV charging. I'm in this part of, let's say just for instance, I'm in this part of, uh, Southeast Wyoming, there's nothing there yet. Is it coming? And I don't care where they're at. I don't care where the property's at. It's coming. It's coming to every county. It's coming to every state and it's coming in a very, very fast way. What I'm talking about is the is the additionality of where we traditionally get our energy. So that's going to be an adaptation of you know solar energy or battery storage, EV charging, wind turbines. Um, and it's coming. It's coming in a very big way. So it's not so much just the subsurface component of what is on my property that I don't know about. It's this whole other component that's directly tied to the surface, right? It's and, and it doesn't really matter if I talk to a landowner that has, you know, they they're they're living on the property after 150 years of homesteading the thing, and there's nobody on the planet that can tell them more about their property than them because they've they've had it since patent. Or if they just bought the property a couple of years ago, doesn't matter who I talk with, how big of a landowner or small of a landowner they are, we teach them about their property. They learn about their property by just simply going to LandGate and finding out all of these different potential attributes on it. Sometimes they find out, holy cow, we really have some good potential here. Other times they realize that, okay, well, maybe we don't have this high potential. This is not going to be a money-making thing for us moving forward for the next 10, 15 years. We can get a really, really good price for it right now. And we're not leaving money on the table because I just found out everything. No, we cannot do solar. We cannot do wind turbines. We, We don't have any value in oil and gas minerals and someone's still willing to pay us this much right now for our property. Then they kind of put the other shoe on the other side of the the foot there, Mac is they go, okay, I found out there's not a lot of upside on my property and somebody's willing to pay for it at an extraordinarily high price. Let's sell that and let's go buy a different piece of property where somebody might not have the same information. Let's go buy a piece of property and buy it for real estate value but now we see all of these hidden annuities and hidden potentials. We're going to go buy that property for the deer stand. That's in the listing. And everybody's happy about, man, do you see that white tail that they just knocked down last year? Oh man, that's, that's, that's what's driving the value. That's exactly the type of property you want to be buying is something that everybody knows about. And that's, what's driving the value is what everybody else knows about. That means you're buying it for that true value. If you know that there's additional potential revenues on that, that's pure upside. That's a very safe investment as long as you're as long as you're good with that initial real estate investment Mac, any additional potential revenue, especially when you're using high data, data analytics that can show you, you know what Mac, there's potentially another eight hundred dollars per acre per year coming on this track if you can get yourself into this type of lease agreement, that turns a really good real estate investment into a phenomenal investment that really nothing can touch at this point, especially with Economy that we're currently in right now. So uh, it's really looking at land. I wouldn't necessarily say differently, but looking at land and having ten different pair of sunglasses or you know welding shades to look at the <laughs> land, so I can understand what what are the different views on this property rather than the one that we typically rely on. Well, what do the pictures show me?
0: yeah, and you mentioned a couple things there that I wanted to sort of get you to elaborate on is is I think it you know people generally know of mineral resources, and like you you named off a few. but you also mentioned solar, and you mentioned charging stations. And I feel like the solar I think people are starting to hear about, I think there's a there's a lot of politics behind it at this moment in time because it's a new change. And anytime there's a new change, there's going to be resistance points. And, sure. and people adopt this faster. It, it is going to be a situation of the economy is going to drive opinion more than anything else, and people are going to realize that the, it is coming. It, it is going to be developed. It's going to be expanded upon because it's not so much going to take over the world at this point, but it's going to give alternatives. And and what people are looking for is alternatives, and and that that creates change. But the charging station point is something that you don't hear a whole lot about. I was wondering if you could expand on those two
1: sort of utilizations of land. Yeah, absolutely. And I probably should have started a disclaimer before I started talking about solar and battery storage, EV charging. Uh, you know, the way we look at it as a company is, and there's a reason why I did not use the word transition. I said additionality, right? We are adding different energy sources to our grid. Natural gas is going to play an enormous role in the way we get our electrons in this country for a very, very long time. Or at least the foreseeable future. So our company is, you know, energy is a good thing. As much energy as we can get at, a you know, wherever it's at in the United States, some places solar works really good. Some places it doesn't. Some places natural gas is really, really good. Some places it's not. So we are all all above energies are, are a really good thing or for consumers of energy, which is all of us. Right. So that's kind of real quick disclaimer where we stand. I, yeah. I'm, not on, I'm not on either side of the fence. I don't want to lose people. Be like, man, this guy was talking about this, or he was talking about that.
0: We're well, for energy. It's, yeah. it's a smart disclaimer. Cause the, and I, I will not touch politics, especially, you know, in, in, in yeah. but it's one of those things where like, we are sort of in an environment where if you mention one thing, it's assumed you're denying another. Oh, he, if you mention solar. Oh, now, now this person's saying natural gas is no good. Like, no, you can you can talk right. about all of the energies as as a portfolio of energy without discounting any one of them. They're just going to be an addition to one. And that's and that's something I think that people are going to end up coming to terms with eventually. But it is change and change is rough. Um, and mm-hmm. it, 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 especially, at especially a politically motivated time. Um, so yeah, so, so we're not talking about discounting energy. We're talking
1: about maximizing Certainly. energy. Certainly. And it's, and it's really what we're trying to maximize is highest and best use on parcels, right? That's what, I, what we've been discussing the last five, 10 minutes has usually been out of sight and out of mind to any landowner. Right. They look at it, and most of where this additionality in energy is going to come from is r- rural locations throughout the United States, where typically the highest and best use for parcels is going to be agriculture, uh, either ranching, farming, or recreation. And in some places where they get rain, I'm from a, I'm from a, a desert. People who moved to Colorado didn't realize that, but you know, I'm from the Great Plains. It's a desert. <laughs> we're either getting flooded out, or we're getting, or we're in a drought. One or the other. Um, but you're either looking for farming, ranching, timber, or, or or recreation. Those are typically your buckets of highest and best use for large tracts of land across the United States, regardless of where you're at in the, in, the, in the U.S. It's those four buckets, and that's typically how landowners how land investors and people who represent either on the buy or the sell side, brokers and agents look at land. And it's not that way anymore. It's really not. There's five or six, seven other major buckets that really do add value and investors institutional capital is now doing site selection and purchasing and acquiring real estate, not for those first four buckets, not for farming, ranching, forestry and recreation, they're now buying real estate with the assumption that everybody's just looking at those four buckets, but they're buying it because, you know, this is a really, really good site for potential solar farm or a battery storage or carbon sequestration or carbon offsets even. Um, There's more buckets to consider when looking at land now. And I think that's one of the really interesting things that, that we've done. Uh, As far as, you know, our business model in our marketplaces, you know, we don't, we don't take commissions. We're not, we're not a broker. We're not, if there's brokers listening, that's not what we do. We're not, we're not, we're not in, we're not in that space, right? There's absolutely brokers are still going to play major roles in land transactions, but we've created a marketplace and a platform where now folks that are trying to buy land that have enormous amounts of money to acquire land can interact directly with those land brokers and those land, uh, those landowners who now understand, wait a minute, I have a little bit higher, a little bit higher use than just farming this or just ranching this. I don't really necessarily want to, and this is the mentality of a significant, I'd say the majority of landowners in the U.S. I S I don't want to sell my land and great. I don't want to either. I mean, I don't have, I'm not a huge landowner, but the land I have, I don't want to sell it. I would absolutely love to make some more money off of it to be able to buy more land or to pay off my land or whatever it is. But that's the opportunity that Landgate gives landowners and brokers is let's go ahead and look at all of the seven or eight different buckets of highest and best use for this land. And when you see that there's a massive potential for an annuity on this piece of property, great, switch the mindset of, well, now we need to sell it for more. In a lot of cases, and this is an example, couple examples from folks, um, National Land Realty agents that use our platform. um, They would call me on the phone and say, Craig, got a really, really nice spot here. What do you think, We we should should we sell it? And I said, no, absolutely not. You don't wanna sell that piece of property. The landowner shouldn't wanna sell it and you shouldn't want them to sell it because it's worth too much. Like, yeah, I know, look at the offers we're getting. It's 50, 60, 70% above market. We'd be crazy not to sell. So, well, the reason why is because in four or five years, once solar panels go on that property, it's not worth sixty or seventy times the market value. It's worth two, three, four, five hundred percent the market value because a massive amount of additional cash flow has just been generated from that piece of property. And it takes a while, just like you said, Mac, you know, any change, it it there's gonna be resistance to it. This is fundamentally changing the way land is invested in this in the United States. Folks that have been buying and selling land for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, nope, I've been doing it this way my entire life. I know what I'm doing. Let me do what I'm doing. And that's fine. I'm not going to try to force anybody to look at it differently. But I can tell you right now where the massive amounts of institutional capital, where they're going and how they're being how they're purchasing property. They're not buying it for recreational value. They're not buying it for farmland even anymore. They're going to go out and they're going to go to every auction or they're going to go to every sale and they're going to purchase the very, very high value potential annuity parcels. And they're going to let the rest just sit, to go, go somewhere else. I want to buy property where not only am I going to make the revenue from what everybody sees on the land value, but i potentially could quadruple, quadruple, quadruple what is going on with the revenue because I know more than everybody else does about that piece of property. Data is very right. powerful. I, I
0: wanted to jump in here because you've mentioned the word annuitizing your land several times. and and I want to make yeah. sure that we for for those that are that are not as familiar with like an annuity product, and 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 you can correct me here if I've got my my brain around it wrong is is what you're talking about is you have an initial investment in something. And in this case, it would be land. And what you get is a residual income that might not be as much as, let's say, if you sold the land outright, but over the duration of time, you you more than compensate for that lump sum you would have had up
1: front. You get long-term income, right? Exactly. So let, let's use an example, Matt. Let's look at an example. Let's say, I'll use a real-life example. This happened, uh, this happened late last year. I uh, won't give out any names or anything, but this is a what I, I wouldn't even consider a very large institutional investor. This is a smaller land investor invested anywhere from five to 10 million dollars a year um, buying and selling properties. That's a lot of money. It's five, 10 million dollars not writing that off, but it's not Blackstone out there spending, you know, two billion dollars this year on it. This individual, like you said, the annuity, what's your initial investment, and then what's the potential income on it? Using Landgate, this individual found some property that was for sale in Northern New Mexico, uh, turned on a couple of data analytics tools and Landgate told them that this property was 640 acres of full section was sitting in a really, really great area for potential solar farm. Now it's not a guarantee. It's saying that based on these multiple attributes based or, or for this specific parcel, this could really, really work well for solar. That individual went and bought that piece of property. It says, again, we're talking Northern New Mexico, not in the mountains, nothing like we're talking desert. So very, very low real estate values. Well, that's what he bought it for because that's what the seller knew about their property. They're selling goat pasture desert stuff in New Mexico. He bought it using Landgate, that that individual land investor who had never done an energy deal in, in his life listed the property on LandGate not to sell. He listed it to try to get a lease for solar energy upon LandGate. A few short months later, he was in a solar lease, and if he gets built on this is a huge huge component. If he gets solar panels built on him, he's probably going to get that property paid back to him every year for 35 years. So. That's the difference, right? What are you buying the property for? What are you putting cash out for? What are you putting, a, what are you, what are you getting a loan for to buy the property, and then what cash flow can you generate from that investment? Because that's what land is—it's an investment. Even if you're living on it, and you put a, you know, a log cabin on, and you say, Nope, I'm never going to develop it. It's going to sit there. It's forty acres, beautiful forest, and there's going to be a cabin in it, and nothing else is going to happen. Well, there's still a potential annuity there, Matt, because that individual is probably not gonna cut those trees down. They have a nice cabin, there, so they're retreat. Well, those, those those trees are sequestering carbon dioxide every day. And as long as that landowner chooses not to cut those trees down, he's willingly making a choice to not monetize the timber, but to leave the trees in the air and let them sequester carbon. There are carbon credit companies that are willing to pay that individual, pay that landowner for not cutting their trees down and letting the vegetation pull carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Is, so, is this based on is this based on uh, so i'm I'm
0: guessing the two sides of this equation are those companies reimburse landowners for not cutting trees, and then companies are able to defer their carbon credits into this company
1: as a relay of carbon credit. That's a good yeah, so that's, that's let's talk about that a little bit. The landowner doesn't necessarily have carbon credits. There's a developer who develops the carbon credit. They're going to, that landowner is going to sign a contract with a company who says, okay, I'm going to verify, I'm going to come and test. I'm going to measure the trees. I'm going to measure the soil, the carbon organic content in the, in the soil. And I'm going to put my, let's say XYZ carbon company. I'm going to offer you Mac. I'm going to offer you a contract. And I'm going to pay you $12 per ton of carbon that your land is sequestering. And if you show me after 12 months that you've done all of these practices, Mac, you haven't cut your trees down. If you're doing an agriculture carbon credit, you reduced your stocking rates or you did a certain amount of plowing, things like this. If you've done that over 12 months or 24 months or even five years, whatever it is, then I'm going to pay you for doing that because the company it's, it's has now taken that and turned it into a carbon credit where Southwest Airlines or United Airlines, Amazon, Yahoo, whoever it is, can buy that carbon credit and say, we're offsetting the emissions that we are emitting through our operations. Okay. And the only reason I bring that up, that's a whole topic. We could go. It's a really interesting topic. uh, You
0: you join the larger economy by just growing, like having trees. Cause like, I have a lot Correct.
1: of trade and that lets me hit drive a Ford. Like <laughs> it's I'm not going to give you my personal opinion about what I think of the carbon credit, um, narrative ideas, the motivation behind it. I'm not going to give you my opinion on it. it's my job to explain to maybe a, a landowner. And let's say for instance, right. That's an example. And let's say a landowner's got 40 acres, just bought 40 acres. The guys listening right now, him and his wife, are going to go retire out there. Got a great cabin on it, and they're going to go live away from society because they're fed up with it and tired of it. Don't really blame them. Maybe someday I'll be in, be in that boat. Yeah, yeah. But they're going to look at it and say, "Okay, well, Craig's talking about oil and gas development. No, don't want to do it. I want a nice secluded area. I don't want to be messed with. Don't want to hear a pump jack. I'm not going to do mining. I don't care about solar panels. I hate wind turbines. I hate that. Blah blah blah. Well, that doesn't rule them out of of earning potentially earning annuities on their property and that's why I said there's not four buckets of recreation you know ranching farming and, and, and timber there's seven eight different buckets here by simply not wanting to cut your trees down you could potentially be earning you know a, a carbon credit there and a, and a potential annuity that likely whoever was selling that piece of property didn't even cross their mind about potential value there. So if you're looking at buying that piece of property right now, Mac, and the person selling it for 40 acres of treed uh, acreage there with a little cabin on it, but you can look at it and say, wait a minute, there's also this, their ground sequestering three and a half tons per acre per year of carbon. Cause I just clicked on it on landgate and they told me that really quick. Well, you're making a better decision than the seller is who in any transaction, whoever has the most data and information, that's who's going to benefit. That's who's going to win that negotiation and everything in this world is a negotiation, regardless of what we think or not.
0: I was going to say, and, and I'm glad you made that point as well. And it's, I took the words right out of my mouth is that everybody has been saying it for years, that information is power. And, and in this case, it reflects much more because you're finding out true unknowns about, you know, one of the most important things that you do own which is land or real estate, or that's, it's it's the, you know, it's the highest investment that most people will ever make. And you're Mm -hmm. finding out information on how that can work for you more and more. And, and there's so many people that, that transact land or real estate in general without knowing these things, like knowing that you could, you could do something like have, you know, a solar farm on your property or wind power, or you could have, you know because you're right most people do think about oil or, or gold or something like that and then you brought up several other commodities in there that that are you know i think i think malignant is is more profitable than gold right
1: like it's it's one of those like, it's it's so funny when people when people bring up man there's a gold mine there if people looked at the profitability yeah gold, i mean look at the price of gold spot price of gold is crazy it's insane right now i mean it's almost two thousand dollars an ounce i think it's like high 1800s, I, right? I don't know, somewhere around there, but historically that's a crazy price. But then if you look at what it takes to get that resource out of the ground and how much let's look at like an, in, uh, like in an alluvial mining, uh, location where it's basically you're just you're moving as much gravel as you possibly can and pulling out as much of the heavy gold that you can. It takes enormous amount of diesel to do that. So if you look at that, okay, well, yeah, great. We have a high commodity price. Well, Diesel costs are through the roof. Equipment costs are astronomical. There's no, if anything, the profitability has gone down over the last couple of years for that kind of stuff, right? Um, that's a little, little conjecture yeah, yeah. there, but um, yeah, it's funny. Just because you're <laughs> gold mines, uh, only a few handful of like hard rock where you actually have to go in, blast, and you're following a vein. There's very, very few of those in the United States, especially that are actually profitable, which is why there's not a whole lot of hard rock gold mines left in the United
0: States. Yeah, I always enjoy those gold shows where I watch and they're like, yeah, we made $4,000 or whatever by finding this gold. And it's like, you are out there with an excavator. You flew to Alaska <laughs> and you got five people up there. I don't know if this really covered the cost. No, I, that's yes. another, I,
1: I, think of the, I think of the exact same economics when I watch those shows. Like, hey, look at this haul, guys! who's got 10 ounces. Equally $18,000. And there's five mouths to feed over two weeks. <laughs> like, That's not cutting it. That ain't gonna work. Like what you have is a fun hobby, but you might be yeah. making, yeah, though I get that.
0: Um, so tell me, I, and I'm, it's, I am curious about the just in general, cause I, you know, it's, it's kind of down a rabbit hole, but tell me a little bit about the charging stations and how that market is emerging.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry, man. I blew right. You asked me that about 30 minutes ago, I'm and I didn't answer back. it. I'm you back. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. So uh, we, it's funny. Me and my team had a good talk about this this morning about EV charging and, you know, what electrical vehicle charging, you know, just basically enormous sockets to charge up these electrical vehicles and their, the enormous batteries that go in them. Um, and we were talking about, you know, what makes a good site for electrical vehicle charging? And we were sitting there talking back and forth, and, you know, you want to, have this and this and this. And, you know, at the end of the day, what really summarizes it is any location that would be where there is a current gas station, or there would be a good spot for a gas station is ideal for electrical vehicle charging, right? Number one factor, is there a lot of traffic? Is there a ton of cars driving by that location? So landowners who might be listening, brokers, agents who might be listening, it does not matter how pretty the site is. It could be the ugliest piece of property stuck in between, you know, a scrap yard and, you know, a, a pawn shop. That's perfect. That is the absolute perfect site you would want for an electrical vehicle charging station, right? That's really it. You make sure there's plenty of traffic moving by the location. It has access to power and these things are going to expand radically again, I'm not going to endorse or demote what is going on. I'm just giving you the facts. It's it's coming. It's coming. Whether you hate it, whether you love it, it's going to be coming. And, you know, that's one thing that we try to get out there to landowners and agents take advantage of it one way or another, right? And as long as you understand what these uh, individuals or these companies are looking for, for these sites, the marketplace that we've created allows you to, at no cost, voluntarily offer that enter into that market. Because a lot of folks come and talk to me, Mac, and they say, well, I've got a site that fits that criteria exactly. How do I get in front of these folks? Well, there's a market, that's Landgate. It's a marketplace. You wanna be out in front of every major developer and energy company or investor of these types of different resources, spend two, three minutes, create a listing up on Landgate, and you're gonna find out if they're interested. And that's no cost, right? That's, that's, what's great about us in our open marketplace. You know, we're not charging a listing fee. We're not charging commissions. There's none of that. I mean, you've got a site, you want to list it and you can be in charge of your own future. Great. Go to the website, click a few buttons and create a listing.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you next. So we've talked about a lot about the uses and what, what people can find out through LandGate, And you know, that's, that's one of the things that, that, our land professionals always refer to is utilizing the data that that your website puts out there and and being able to to represent their clients in the best way possible. So tell me about some of the the ways that people interact with your website, because there, there are multiple facets, right? You have individual landowners who can interact with the site. You have prospective buyers who can interact with the site. You have land professionals working on behalf of a client. On either the buyer or seller side and you have investors looking for land on it so 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 kind of tell me about your marketplace a little
1: bit yeah that's a that's that's a great question um i'll start with the landowner right that's the that's really what the base of our company when we started eight years ago that was the goal and all we were doing at that time was oil and gas minerals We were just, and which is very isolated geographically in the United States, right? Not every parcel has, very few actually have valuable minerals under them. But the goal there, Mac, was let's create a website, let's create an interface where any landowner in the United States can go to a place and get educated about their minerals. So that was eight years ago. We've expanded into all these other different resources. So Um, that's the, that's a huge way that a lot of traffic is driven to our site is it's landowners. So if there's, and it doesn't matter where they're at in the United States, we're coast to coast. Uh, but it's a, they basically go to landgate.com. They type in their address or they use the map to navigate to their parcel. They click on their parcel and we give them a bunch of information about all of the resources we've been talking about. Once they have some information about their, their land. Well, then they can make a decision. Do they want to enter the marketplace or not by creating a listing of their own? Right. So that's one way. And that's, a you know, we have hundreds of landowners that are doing that every day, going to the website, finding out about their property, creating listings. So, you know, if there's landowners out there interested, like, well, how do I find this out about my parcel? Go to landgate.com, uh, type in your address and find your parcel. And uh, yeah, see what you see what you find out. The other leg of the stool there is for all the land professionals. So, you know, all of the National Land Realty, which we've been in a partnership with National Land Realty now for over two years, a phenomenal uh, partnership. Can't thank Jason and, uh, Ronnie and, uh, Logan enough. You know, those guys are phenomenal. Um, but every agent for National Land Realty is, uh, has access to this tool. So they can go ahead and look up on any parcel in the United States. They can look up the carbon value, how many trees per acre, um, solar values, all of those things. And they help serve their sellers and also their buyers on that side with additional data intelligence. Um, so those folks, you know, I've kind of put them in the same group. Those are folks, landowners or people representing landowners, getting those data and analytics and leveraging the marketplace, uh, on the buy side, the Some of the world's largest energy companies utilize the platform because of all of the data. We have enormous amounts of data um, that they subscribe to. They look at the data, but then they also look for deals there. So if they're researching a transmission line in eastern Iowa, um, but they also want to see, okay, well, what kind of landowners there are interested in potentially leasing their property? Well, they get you know kind of two birds with one stone there. They log into landgate, they see the data. They can see Mac, you that just volunteered your property to receive offers. They pick up the phone, they call them directly. So it really is fundamentally changing at least the way the energy and natural resource market has conducted business over the last hundred and hundred and twenty years, where it directly connects landowners who are now knowledgeable about what they have directly to uh kind of the end buyers there. So on both ends of that spectrum. It's working very, very well, if, if that helps answer the, the your question there, Mac.
0: Yeah, it does. It, and, and I wanted to sort of uh, clarify sort of how the relationships work is as as a land. And, and this cor- again, as always, correct me if I'm off base here. So, so you've got landowners, prospective land buyers. They can go on this site and they can research and they can find out, OK, this, this might be highest and best use for my land. And then when we're talking about land professionals representing clients, this is somebody, and and I would put myself in this bucket where like, this is stuff I would want to know, but do I have the time or the resources or the education to go through and understand what I'm reading? And my answer in a lot of the cases is going to be like, if I'm talking about a solar development, I don't have the mental resources. I don't have the training to go in and figure that out and, and how to look at that. So these are people mostly that are working with an agent already. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm looking at selling my land. Um, let's talk. And and the agent goes in and usually has a little better of an understanding, I mean, you know, we've got foresters and there's, you know, wildlife biologists. And there's, I mean, people that know land, because I mean, even just hosting this podcast, i picked up a ton of information in the time that I've done this. There's no way I'm sitting down in front of somebody and being like, yeah, I'm a forestry expert. Like there's mm-hmm. zero prospect of me being able to do that. And I think a lot of landowners fall in that area too. So it's, it's somebody utilizing a service. You're utilizing the service of land knowledge and you're working through an agent to find that and so then those people are going on and they're working on behalf of clients to find out what land is worth helping clients buy and then the investors are sitting on the side and, and i, I want to say sitting on the sideline but they're making acquisitions and looking at possible acquisitions through through the website as well right is that kind of like the relationships that, that that you're seeing most often yeah i mean it's
1: i, I think that the the active representation is pretty important with this stuff so you know, we have user. Obviously, we have a great partnership with National Land Realty, um, but we have partners across the United States that deal and specialize in these types of real estate transactions. So, in a lot of cases, a landowner will come to LandGate. They'll click on a parcel. They'll get some information. They'll say, oh, we're, we're we are really interested in this now, but I want someone on my my team. I want someone on my side." So those folks will give us a call and be like, Hey, I want to work with one of these land professionals. In that case, we introduce them to, you know, whoever the local, uh, uh partner we have with them in the area. So that landowner essentially gets that land professional in their corner, but they also get land right? Cause we work for that land professional. We help provide data and analytics. We do a ton of, uh, educational courses and we do a lot of those for landowners too. We've hosted webinars. We do that every couple of weeks. We host webinars about, specific energy types across the United States. So and this is new and you've said it a couple of times, Mac, you know, this is something different. Education is a really, really big part of what we do. Education, customer support like that, things like that. Um, that's an enormous side. Uh, my, I run the real estate side of the company. That's I'd say 30, 40% of what we do is just putting resources out there, education, one-on-one, uh, uh, discussions with folks talking about their property, looking at their property, helping them understand what they have. And what we've seen is once people truly understand, at least at a, at a, at a respective level where now they kind of understand what, here's what this letter, that was this offer letter, this is what they're doing. And this is what this person meant and things like that. And they can look at it with a somewhat educated view. It's not intimidating anymore. Now it's okay. Now we're interested. This could work really well, or this may not work because it's just really getting up to speed uh, with some, with some basic level of of information of what's potentially there on the land. So that's a big part of what we do. Um, And it actually brings a lot of listings to the market that never would have came back. I mean, you're a landowner, I'm a landowner. If if I start getting letters in the mail randomly one day um, and it's a, energy source. I've never comprehended. I've never, never even thought about and letters just keep coming. Well, I've seen this repeatedly across the country. Most landowners are going to say, wait a minute, hold on. Let's just push back from the table really quick. Let's just slow down here. What do I have? Yeah, we have something, but I'm afraid I, I would rather not do a deal right now than feel like I'm getting taken advantage of. And that is across the board. I don't care what demographic, what culture they are across the United States, landowners will will voluntarily sit out of potentially really good deals because they don't wanna be taken advantage of. And I do not wanna, I don't blame them whatsoever, but that's the special thing about Landgate. You're getting some information that you have something on your land, go find out about it, right? We're third party, we're neutral. Yeah, I was gonna say that with
0: you know, I I also grew up in a tiny little town, and and I I, I make wisecracks all the time about how insulated the tiny towns can get, because the, you know the first response you get it'd be like, well, you're not from here, and and yeah. or or you get something along the lines of like, I, I've talked to people before where you're just talking about just some kind of general thing. And and it gets assumed that you're trying to sell them something you're like, I'm actually not. So sell- I'm just talking about my day, man. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, let's, let's that. I, I don't want you to buy anything. I, I wouldn't have anything to sell you anyway. And and so there's, there's that sort of the, the, the piece that you're talking about is kind of at the heart of it is people don't want to get taken advantage of. And they view people coming in from outside of the area uh, with more information than what they currently have as the the prospect of taking advantage of them like you know something i don't and and you know the things that you're talking about here landgate is sort of the equalizer in there where a landowner can go in and be like okay now i know what you're talking about and then you're further arming them with um you know making them understand the contract process like okay well this is what's going to happen and and you you mentioned it before right where just because somebody bought this beautiful piece of land in New Mexico does not mean they're actually going to get this, like you're not guaranteed anything in life. And, but there is substantial risk in there, but you are putting yourself in the best possible position for that to happen too, if you use the data at hand. So there's, there's no guarantees. And so long as you understand the process, you can be prepared because there's similar things with commercial development, right? Where you can, you can look at rezoning your land and somebody can come in a developer and look at it, but it all looks good and they find an underground stream that they have to circumvent or something along those lines that all of a sudden becomes a risk. Like nothing's ever guaranteed, but having the data to know that ahead of time, well, that sure sets you up for more success. Like that's, that's where, that's where
1: you have the things that put you in a better position, right? Yep, absolutely. And you know, I mean, you touched on something there that, you know, when folks come in and start talking to landowners with more information and usually more firepower, landowners have which is almost every time there's going to be distrust there and to be completely honest with you there should be there, there should, should be, be some level of distrust you know there's i don't care what industry again i'm not i'm not going to promote or demote any industry here as far as energy goes but it doesn't matter which one we're talking about there's bad actors in every single one of them i don't care if we're talking about carbon credit offsets or we're talking about coal mining It does not matter; it's irrelevant what resource we're talking about. There are bad actors in every single one of them, and there are actors that will try to make and take advantage, and they do every day of unknowing landowners. Right, the most difficult demographic to work with on the planet is the American landowner, and God bless the American landowner. Most people do not realize, Matt, the United States of America is such an amazing, special place. Is the only country on the planet where you and me can own the the energy resources on our property and earn money from them. It's the, only place we can own, it's the only place in the world that we can own mineral rights, where you and me can earn money off of oil and gas extraction or things like that. It's a very, very special thing. But because of that, there has been a lot of advantage taken from American landowners, and they've grown very... Um, very skittish, if you will. And I do not blame them. That's part of the reason why we generated landgate. The vast majority of very good sites from mining up the carbon offsets and everything in between stay on the sidelines because again, I, if, I'm the Amer- if I'm that landowner, I'm going to rather not make a deal than feel like I made a bad deal and got taken advantage of. Not going to let it happen to me, right? That's, we hear it all the time. So that's what's, that's what I think is really special about us is, well, let's level the playing field here a little bit. We're not on either side of the equation. We're here to educate both sides, but now there's information out there that never existed. For 120, 130 years of energy development in this country, never, ever before have the commodity owners, the American landowner had exposure to the information to help them make good decisions. And that's what Landgate does. Um, for the energy folks that might be listening they're probably sitting there thinking well that's gonna make my, my cost go up but absolutely it's, it does the opposite of that because now rather than spending and this is the this is the shoe that i've been wearing my entire career other than landgate i was sitting in the executive chair in an energy company spending millions of dollars every month on a land team and gna and all of these things
0: You're saving money on acquisition, then, right?
1: Absolutely, it reduces severely the acquisition cost, and not only does it reduce the acquisition costs, it 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 improves the relationship with that landowner significantly because you're working with them from the very get-go, the absolute very get-go, and you know that landowner knows that you're giving them a fair deal because it's in a competitive marketplace. Let's say I, let's say I'm the energy company, Mac, and you go ahead and create a listing. You found out you have good uh, potential wind value. And I reach out to you right away and be like, Hey, my name is, you know, uh, John Smith energy company. And I want to make you an offer. I see you put it in the list in, in, a, in a competitive environment. You're probably getting more offers in, than, than mine. I know that I'm coming right out of the gates. This is as much as I can possibly offer you. And you're going to see over three, four, five weeks, My offer didn't change. Everybody else's probably did trying to negotiate and nickel and dime you. But I was honest with you and told you, this is as much as I can do, right? This is it. And you're going to see right there is that like, you know what? John Smith Energy Company, they've been telling me the truth the entire time. I absolutely will do a deal with them, right? It It fundamentally changes the relationship. You know, what's crazy is it's almost like doing good business
0: is good for your company.
1: <laughs> Almost. And again, I'm not gonna say like I said, I've seen some of the worst leases. I will say this some of the worst leases I have seen. And keep in mind there's 120 years worth of precedence on the oil and gas side. So some of the really, really bad ones we you know we haven't seen for hundred years, right? right? So much precedent. But there are some really, really bad things that have happened to American landowners over the last 10, 15 years. Now that's getting ironed out, it's getting a heck of a lot better. But it just goes again to show you when you have someone in your corner to give you a little bit of information, it fundamentally changes the relationship you can have with whatever you're dealing with on your property.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it creates transparency because if if you're able to operate without transparency and make a profit, there's no reason to be transparent. I mean, that's just correct. It, I would call that typical psychology, typical economics, right? Like if I don't have to tell you something and then then we're still friends and I make a lot of money, but you mm-hmm. level the playing field where it's like, okay, you you know what I'm gonna be saying, I have to be transparent. And and that creates a much better situation for everybody and everybody's more profitable. And it's, you know, it's the world never gonna be like super happy everybody holds hands kind of thing, but it's a better business transaction and it's a more comfortable tr- business transaction, right? Certainly. And,
1: you know, from, from the energy side, these, these large companies and organizations, they don't want to be non-transparent. You know, they, they can't afford to be, these are publicly traded companies. And you know, when they start, if if they do things that are, that are not on the up and up, that hurts them severely, Severely, right? So they don't, they want to have good relationships from the get go. Um, It's important for them to be able to find good sites and potentially remove some of the folks, the intermediary folks that may have nefarious types of, uh, of, of agendas there of trying to work with you, Mac right away. It's like, Hey man, you've got to sign this real quick. Sign this real quick. No, don't, don't, you know, you don't need to get an offer from light source BP. You don't need to get an offer from next air energy. You don't need to get an offer from, you know, Silicon ranch. You don't need these offers from those guys. Trust me. I'm your best friend. You've got till this date to decide. Exactly. And, and I'm, your best friend, I'm your best friend for 24 more hours. Cause I told you yesterday and here's my offer. And when you say, you know what? I'm going to wait through the weekend. Then you find out, right. Then the mask comes off. Like who is, who are, who is this individual really? Right. Yeah. But it's almost impossible for a landowner to do that without a competitive marketplace. And that's what LandGate's done is the folks, the legitimate folks that use a platform on the buy side. Absolutely love it. The folks that, um, what I would say are kind of the, 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 the wolves in sheep's clothing, if you will, they don't really care for it, but I'm happy with right. it. Morally, I'm very happy with what, what, what's going on.
0: I was going to say, you need like a PC way to call it a profiteers or something like that.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And again, they are in every single industry, every resource, not knocking one. when No, there's no savior energy out there. And there's no Terrible energy out there, but uh, again, we're just leveling the playing field, getting that information out to landowners and uh, letting them decide what's best, what's the highest and best use for their property, either what they own now, or you know land that they're potentially getting ready to buy or potentially getting ready to sell. You know what can they do? What's the best decision they can make with it?
0: Yeah. And I I don't necessarily want to throw industries under the bus as far as like, because we talked a lot about bad actors and stuff like that. But like what, what you're doing too, is leveling the playing field for them because they're able to get access to land owners in a a radically more transparent, more efficient manner than what they could, you know, sure beats flying out somewhere and knocking on someone's door and asking them what they're doing with their land. Right. So, I mean, there's huge possibilities for both sides. I wanted to spin this a little bit and just, you know, we're moving to the top of the hour. I, I don't want to like, you know, you got a company to run and everything. So I, I, I you know, I don't want to take up your whole day here. How did you do this? How did you, what, what was the, what was the, uh, you know, I'm going to make a website and I'm going to have, because you worked in the field, right? I mean, you were in the industry, but I, I was just curious about how you pull people together and like, I want to make a website and tell people about that
1: oil on their land. Yeah. I'll tell you, a quick background because you know my my partner Johan and myself we were uh we met when we were working at anadarko petroleum he's a reservoir engineer i'm a geologist so we're working very very closely on a technical basis we drilled i mean i don't and this is not an exaggeration we drilled probably over a billion dollars worth of wells in dj Basin working for anadarko i mean enormous amounts of, of operations and we uh became very good friends there, uh, highly respect each other on a technical level. And we both kind of, we left Anadarko and started working with private equity groups and venture capitalist groups to do the same thing, but, um, try to make a little bit of that money for ourselves. Um, it worked very well. You know, we're, we are very good technically at what we do. Uh, but what we learned is the, the, sh- the extraordinary cutthroat and competitive in that private equity world and venture capitalist world. So, um, we, this was, you know, this is even more than eight years ago at this point, we kind of put our heads together and Yohan came up with the idea. It's like, you know, we we're doing well in these private equity deals, but there's more to be done here. This is so stupid. I mean, look how much money we're spending. Every time we do a deal, we got to go buy all of this data and we got to go hire a land team. And then we've got to go do this and we've got to do this. And we're spending a million, million and a half bucks every time we do a project to do the same exact process. And then it's hard to even, and then, and then good luck getting you know a landowner to sell or to lease or something because as they should they immediately put the walls up and they're on the defense at the same time you know uber was coming around airbnb um some of these online platforms where it's fundamentally changing how industries are done i mean who would have thought the way we'd get rides and stay in hotel rooms would have, would have changed right change overnight so Joanna, you know, want like well like let's do it let's do this for for minerals. And, that's you know, going to be a big lift. And what we did, a little bit of inside football here for the listeners, you know, people hear about entrepreneurship and starting companies and things like that. Um, you and I left our jobs. We started spending enormous amounts of our life savings. And we're not, at the time, we were very wealthy that. <laughs> folks. Yeah, when we start, our, our life savings start going out the door. We hired some of the best programmers, in my opinion, that you can find on the face of the planet. Put them on payroll and we rolled there was no dabbling there was no i'm gonna you know dip my foot in the pool and see if the water's warm we went all in and i mean if it wasn't gonna work we were gonna lose everything and then we did that we didn't pay ourselves we didn't pay ourselves any salary and then it, it, i was having you know i had i had two kids um at the time third one was on the way left my job my in-laws are you know they were probably very upset with me uh, my own family was like, what the heck are you doing? And I see my life savings going out the window, another kid on the way, and I'm not making any money. I'm not paying myself anything for years. And we swung, man, we swung as hard as we could. And we had a lot of folks in the industry that we work years with kind of laugh at us. Said, there's no way you're going to be able to do that. There's no way you're going to be able to tell landowners what their resource values are. And they would laugh at us and they said, but, If you can, if you can do this, it's bigger than any data analytics platform on the planet. And it is. Energy is our most valuable commodity. People say it's water. Well, without energy, we don't have clean water. None of us do. It's all all dirty. Energy is the most valuable commodity that we can possibly have on the planet. And we are the ones that went out and said, let's try it. And we swung as hard as we could, Mac, uh, Swung really hard, man. There were some really scary times, really rough times, some really great times. But um, it was two thousand, late 2019, we took on a Series A investment from the Rice Energy Brothers um, or the Rice Brothers for Rice Energy. Probably the most, what I would say, successful energy tech group on the planet. Phenomenally, phenomenally intelligent and successful guys they were a series a investment. They love what we we're doing. We just took on another investment last year with the world's largest renewable energy company, because we have more data. We they have um, enormous amounts of data and they see the change. They see the change. This isn't, this isn't, uh, your daddy's, you know, A and D platform. This isn't a brokerage site that typically energy companies dealt with. This is fundamentally changing things. And, uh, we're pretty excited about where we're at. And at this point, I thank you, man, for letting me come on the show. It's just literally telling people about what we do. I get it all the time of, well, this is amazing. I go sit in a trade show and have, you know, people owning a couple hundred thousand acres walk by and they'll say, well, how, why do I not know about this? How long you guys going around? I've been around for eight years. How do I not know about this? I will say we do some things really well. We're getting a lot better at this. We have a great marketing team now, but me and my partner, we are not marketing folks. We're scientists and engineers and we don't do that very well, but we got some great folks now. And um, just telling folks about what we do is probably the most valuable thing we can do right now because the product is built and it's up and running and it's adding mass, massive value, but we got to let people know that this thing exists.
0: Yeah. It's so I mean, we got the we got the marketplace. It's it's the resource for your resources, right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: You, that's a that's a really good way to put it. I'm gonna steal that. That's, All right. That's I'm copywriting it like right after this <laughs> meeting. Might have, or, 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 <laughs> might have <laughs> you buy, buy a bottle of whiskey and send it over to you or something. There we go. That'll <laughs> that'll more than pay for it. Mm -hmm. Well, well, hey any last
0: plugs here um i can let you go at the top of the hour uh and and i will have a link to landgate and for anybody listening it's just landgate.com um check out this site uh if if you're working with a with a land broker right now talk to them about it um and and make sure that they are utilizing that as a resource as as a land professional right um but any last little plugs you want to throw in here
1: no i'll say you know again you started out the the thing saying that you know i was a brainchild i'm definitely not you know i'm a big part of it but i wanted to throw um, you a bunch of credit there out of the beginning because you know I, I appreciate i appreciate it man i, 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 I have, i've had a huge part of what we do um but it's definitely not built by any one person i mean we have a phenomenal team um you know the folks on the real estate side with me uh you know michaela thomas carlin and brooke you know when you anybody anybody listening when you got a question about landgate or your property you pick up the phone, you're talking to a person, you're talking to us. We take it very serious, our customer support. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, that's it. We got a lot of folks, a lot of good folks at work for us, Mac. I just want to want to toss a bone to them. They're, they're all, they're all very, very good. Very proud to work with them.
0: Awesome. Well, Hey Craig, I appreciate your time here. Um, and, and like I said, I'll
1: have, I'll have all your information in the notes for the show. I appreciate it, man. Well, thanks again for the time, Mac. I really, really appreciate you letting me come on, man. Thank you. Anytime. We'll do it again. This concludes episode number 39 for the National
0: Land Realty Podcast with Craig Kaiser of Landgate, discussing how Landgate can uncover the hidden value of your land. You can learn more about land ownership and the buying and selling of land at nationalland.com.